Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know how everyone always feels really down and blue about getting back to reality and stuff? Mm-hmm. The, one, the one little silver lining on that grey rain cloud with the rest of my life is the fact that I'm not disappointed. I'm not sad to get back doing this. Are you ready for this, boys? To podding stations. <laughs> <laughs> Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. A slick, well-oiled podding machine. We are here for the very first Egg Chasers Rugby podcast of 2015. Happy New Year. Hope Christmas was good. How much weight do you reckon we've gained over Christmas collectively? Oh, about the same as two Thomas Baldwin's. <laughs> wow I you ate, must have gained a lot oh yeah I'm I, not in good shape I ate a lot of cheese I have to say I, I, yeah. I weighed in three pounds heavier than I was before Christmas which I'm actually relieved about it could have been a lot worse I uh, don't weigh myself anymore I was I was four kg heavier when I was back in the gym on Friday uh, so about uh, eight Eight nine pounds. That must be good weight, though. Do you, you want to hear? Uh, I didn't train that much. Ninety-nine I, pounds. Yeah. Did, although I, I've lost uh, three of it. Do you want to hear the ultimate, the ultimate humble brag from Phil? Oh, go on. A couple of months ago, we were talking about how we put on weight when we go boozing. <laughs> uh, say if you go away for a weekend, and he goes, "Do you know what, lads? I actually lose weight because I'm so muscular. <laughs> uh, I'm not there working out, so I lose body mass." I didn't say that. Go to hell, Phil. Don't kill <laughs> oh, yourself. Brilliant. I said I did come back from Chicago lighter than I went. <laughs> <laughs> There's loads coming up on the podcast. We're going to be talking rugby resolutions. We're going to be discussing the potential transfers, ins and outs at various Premiership and Pro 12 clubs. We're going to be talking about the rugby that's happened the weekend just gone. Uh, and in general as well, and what we're looking forward to for the year ahead. But seeing as we've just given Phil a little bit of stick there, uh, <laughs> Phil, I reckon it's I reckon I can help you out a little bit and give JB a little bit of stick. Looking forward to this uh, because JB, I think. Do you remember? Uh, was it a couple of months ago? You had to eat humble pie over the Pro Twelve and actually accept that it's, it's a good product. They got some nope. good teams in Glasgow. Were quite actually no, quite a no. good team. <laughs> I, rem- I remember that, Tim. I remember it I rem- vividly. I remember that very well. Well, also, do you not think at this point, halfway through the season, halfway through the the year, was well, as we start a new year, you also need to eat humble pie and congratulate Newcastle Falcons? Well, I've got a lot to say about this, so I'll keep my powder dry. But I will say this. I will say this that. When I said Glasgow were doing well, they were doing well and I enjoyed watching them against Toulouse. But I also said I'd rather watch Newcastle than watch Glasgow. And after this weekend's action, I think I might have been right after all. All right. Mm. That's, that's not an apology of any kind. <laughs> no. no, it's not. <laughs> but we, we can get into that in a little bit. We're, we're going to start with the rugby in just a few minutes' time. We've got a little quiz for you to play as well. As always, get in touch with us. It's your podcast as much as it is ours. And thanks for all the contact we've had over Christmas and, like I say, the Happy New Year's and all the rest of it. Very much appreciated. At Rugby Podcast is where you can tweet us. If you're on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook as well. We've actually got that working and we're going to bother with that. We're going to make a little bit more of an effort. We've just had this Facebook page which has been a barren wasteland. It's just a name, and it just. But yeah. we're, we're actually going to start doing stuff on it because we want to. Um, we want to get more contact with with you and more interaction, and all the rest of it. So, um, search for Egg Chasers and find the Egg Chasers podcast on Facebook as well. Like it, and yeah, and get involved. Um, also, uh, don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast at iTunes and leave your feedback and all the rest of it there, and give us a rating at iTunes. Right, let's get into it then. 
I want to start with rugby resolutions. I don't know, before we get into the rugby resolutions, uh, uh, do you, I, I can't imagine a man as cynical as JB bothers with New Year's resolutions. No, I don't. I mean, I break them immediately. I mean, it had a kale shake on January the 2nd and then it stopped. So, <laughs> yeah. They seem to be quite, they're so hot right now, kale shakes. Um, my, my brother was talking about kale shakes and his Nutribullet. Yeah, even oh, yeah. my, um, did he get, my did little brother's one. He got a Nutribullet, yeah, yeah, for Christmas. There's a lot of, Pro rugby players have uh, been receiving them and tweeting about the Nutri Bullet. Mm. Wow, that must just be coincidence. They <laughs> yeah, must all have just gone on out and bought them with their own money independently. Yeah, perhaps. And not been sent them. No, definitely not that. No, definitely not that. Uh, uh, Phil? Uh, no, I am trying to do Dry January, uh, which has been successful so far. Yeah, I think I'll probably do that. I'll definitely do that. I do that every year. Uh, it's, it's one of our friends' birthdays on the 24th, though, so <laughs> maybe give in then. That, that's all, that's three weeks. Do you want to hear mine? Mine sounds really hippie, right? Oh, hang on. Oh, I don't know if I want <laughs> to tell oh, you. Yes. Me, come no, on, let me come on. guess. What might it be? <laughs> no, you won't guess it. <laughs> JB will take the mick out of this and I'm going to regret saying it the second I say it. But Shop at independent traders. No. <laughs> that would no. be so Tim. Only <laughs> no. organic courgette. No, genuinely, genuinely, <laughs> it's uh, to be more positive. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Because I find myself... Um, you're, you're very positive, though, No, Tim. I find myself being like quite grumbly and negative, and actually you just... It, you, can't, you choose your mood is, is what I'm actually coming to terms with, and it's like, no, I'm going to be grateful for all the good things I've got and not worry about all the stuff that I can't control. I like so, that. Well, we'll like see that. what we can do about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see if I can change your mind later. But if some rugby players or rugby clubs or anyone involved in the rugby fraternity were to make a, a rugby resolution. I want to start a hashtag on Twitter. Hashtag rugby revo- resolutions. What resolutions should they make? Hmm. For example, Matt Banahan make the resolution to cover his entire body with tattoos <laughs> during 2015. He hasn't he, got far to go. No, he's definitely not. A couple of weeks and you'll, and you'll get that done. Yeah. Um, mine would be to have fans refing the refs. So instead of them getting um, adjudicated by other referees, they should be put in, a, put in front of a panel of fans, mostly men, mostly front rows, mostly ex-players, um, <laughs> and then they decide if the calls they made were correct or incorrect. What about if you made an app to go on everyone's phone? Everyone could like log into an app when they're in the ground, and then maybe at 20 minutes, half-time, 60 minutes, and at the end... You could just have a little vote off, vote off, keep on yeah. kind of button, red or... or just, oh! Yeah, you just each decision, red yeah. or green. Was that's it the right really, decision or the wrong decision? That's a really interesting point. We've got a listener called Rugby Judge who has sent me an email. I've not done anything with it. most Not because it's a bad product or anything like that, because I'm lazy. But his product <laughs> is actually an app to rate a ref in, in-game. That's, that actually that's... exists and he's made it. So wow, look at, uh, Rugby Judge on Twitter. Sorry, it's happened about six months ago. I should have told you. <laughs> yeah. yeah you that sounds told like me. a really good idea. It yeah. does, doesn't it? I reckon Johnny Wilkinson, uh, now he's not playing and stuff, he'll make a hashtag rugby resolution to do something crazy like stay up past his bedtime or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> maybe. Well, yeah, maybe have a few drinks. I've, maybe also, not. I've also got another re- resolution that I'd like to put forward, which is for commentators and pundits. I noticed this a few weeks ago. The utter surprise that pundits have about the father of a player. How often have you heard a, a rugby <laughs> pundit say, oh, well, would you believe he's a son of a butcher? As if it makes any difference whatsoever. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what the background is of the father, it's always the same surprise. Like, would you believe his father was also an international fly-half? Well, yes, actually, <laughs> I probably would. <laughs> so that has to go. No more referencing to family, please. Uh, Richard Cockrell will make a hashtag rugby resolution to compliment referees. Uh, he could make another one to... Be less like Steve Diamond. <laughs> and another one <laughs> to uh, get a new club doctor or possibly... A do, club doctor? Do, a qualified one. <laughs> a qualified one. Not a witch doctor or <laughs> yeah. holistic herbal healing. Whatever he's trying to do to get his players fit at the moment. Bro science. Uh, Andy Good should make a rugby resolution to accept his balding status yes. and shave off his hair that Why he's growing is, long. His hair's perfect. No, <laughs> don't stand that. I mean, if you're breaking Premiership point scoring records at 34, why should you change anything? Exactly. Actually? Whatever he's doing, it's right. Yeah. The, and the, by the, way, the gloves from the 90s keep him. You don't think he should make a resolution to do away with them? He can do whatever he wants. What about lose a few pounds? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All very silly. I did see um, there is something similar on Twitter. I think it's My Protein, and they've got a few England players 
doing it and a few international rugby players. Hugo Monia's goal is to get below 5% body fat. No, no. 5% body fat. That's almost getting on unhealthily. Yeah, they, they say. Lacking in fat. Is that well, when your feet start to hurt because you don't have any fat on your heels? And that yeah. Kind of that's what bodybuilders, bodybuilders do just for yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah, they say they're like 3 4% body fat. And yeah, the fat pads on your feet, of, you don't have any fat pads on your feet, so it's painful to walk. So that's the kind of shape he's looking to get into. It also mean that you would be first to die after the Titanic sunk. Yes. Yeah. You'd die yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even just on a cold night. There was, yeah. an, there was an amazing story. Sorry, this is this is the total tangent, but it was a documentary, and it was an amazing story about this guy who was on a fishing boat, and the the boat capsized in the whatever the Atlantic Ocean, right up in you know in the North mm-hmm. Scandinavia. Where I don't know what I'm talking about. North, it's somewhere cold. Let's just say North Sea, somewhere cold. Yeah. Whatever. yeah. And he swam for a few hours and managed to get back to land. All his other people died. And he went to doctors and you know told them what happened, and they they couldn't believe it. It's like no, you should have been dead within minutes. Really, because it's that cold. And they and they and they they sent him um, to Norway, and they had him tested, and he's got like genetically this fat coating covering. Hang on, have you the... been watching X Men? No, it's not. It's not X Men. This is <laughs> a real sure? bloke. This is a real bloke. Okay. He's, he's got this. He's got this genetic kind of body composition that means he, he stays warm even in really ridiculous temperatures. They put him in this. Sort of freezer like the thing that the Welsh boys like would go to in soldier. Poland, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he and he and he lasted ages longer than anyone else. So was, was he a big lad? No, it wasn't that he was fat. It was just that he was just this layer, just of... this just this like genetically hmm. interesting though. Ugo, that's that's, that's a, yeah. <laughs> come on, you, you're in good shape. Be uh, happy. Be happy. Courtney Laws wanted to get below ten percent body fat. I'm surprised he's not. Courtney Laws wants to do away with his bum fluff beard. He does want to do away with that. It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> it's patchy at best. Yeah, it, it, that's pretty pathetic. Yeah, that would be a good one for Courtney. Jack Noll do do away with the rat's tail. Oh like that. Yeah. God. And Luke Cowan, Dicky, that mullet is awful. It's like 1990 Middle America. It's horrible. <laughs> middle America, just no Middle America. You mean uh, sorry, like in mid- the flyover states like Redneck? Yeah, sorry, deep South America, <laughs> yeah, not I, Middle America. I, I, I keep on expecting to see Cowan Dicky with a lead attached to an alligator, just, just <laughs> walking it around in dungarees. <laughs> if you've got another rugby resolution, um, then what? Well, just hashtag rugby resolution on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Rugby Podcast there as well. A bit of a more of a serious one. Samoa's player payments to actually get sorted this year. Yes, and they're. SRU or whatever it is, Samoan Rugby Union, to uh, stop avoiding the question and actually pay them properly. Or at all. Yes, or at all. Yes, that'd be nice. That would be good for rugby. Yeah, just the right, the right thing to do. Here's hoping that does happen. It's a World Cup year as well, guys. It's a World Cup year. I know. Even more incentive than normal for players to want to put in good performances for themselves, but obviously for their teams as well. And let's get into some of the action that happened over the weekend. What, what caught your eye? Where should we start? Well, let's start from Friday. So this was Northampton versus Newcastle. Did anyone have the chance to watch this? I saw patches of it. Now, I, again, I saw bits. I was doing some moving stuff, but not the full game. Well, I must admit, I thought it wasn't this game. I thought it was going to be Newcastle. Uh, sorry, I thought it was going to be Northampton Saracens. So I, I turned on the TV <laughs> and then my heart sank because I thought I realised I'm going to have to spend 80 minutes watching Newcastle. It was a really good game. Now... Northampton scored some of the best tries which you're going to see all season and they looked red hot. But I think the story from this is exactly how well uh, Newcastle played. Uh, Dave Waldo was, was up in the stands looking very, very, very pleased with himself and they've got an outside back. Now, I'm not familiar with, with this guy. Uh, Harris on, um, on the wing? Oh, yeah, he scored a couple of tries the other week, didn't he? Did he? A few weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, I, I looked him up um, after you mentioned him and he's uh, been at Tyndale for a few years and... I think he's been loaned out to Rotherham as well, but he's not played much Premiership rugby. He looked absolutely class, absolutely. He's a real awesome. find, yeah, yeah. And you know, not only him, but they've got Catrick at fly half. Yeah. Now, what really annoys me about clubs is, for instance, London Welsh, and I know we'll probably get some tweets about how London Welsh have no money and the rest of it, and that's great. But when clubs bring in, like London Welsh, have just a bunch of journeymen. I mean, that's going to lead you nowhere. But in fairness to Newcastle, when you start looking through their squad, you see people like, uh, I'm going to say Mark Wilkinson, it's not, it's Mark Wilson, Wilson. Mark, uh, Mark Wilson, Tom Catrick. They have brought players in, but these were originally Newcastle lads anyway. So you're looking at Kieran Brooks, Rory Clegg, and all of a sudden you can see, well, actually, they're doing the right things. They're bringing through some of the youth, they're bringing their players back, 
And I think there's a lot to be admired. I think that uh, Dean Richards, let's not forget, was part of the, the Leicester dynasty. And he understands the importance of a culture within a club. And it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Conor O'Shea's done a brilliant job of continuing it. But Dean Richards was really, really instrumental in laying the foundations for all these young Quinns guys, which are now part of the first team. And I, I, I do think he, he, what he does really well is build from the bottom up. Completely agree with that. That's the next point I was going to make, which is he was in charge of the youth revolution in Harlequins. And maybe, or should I say hopefully, he'll do exactly the same in, uh, in Newcastle. They're just fortunate there's been some terrible teams in the Premiership, London, London Welsh, two out of the last three that's, that's afforded them this time to kind of build that. Build, yeah. yeah. D- doesn't that just make you think, if there wasn't promotion relegation, if we went down more of a either 14-team league or a franchise type system how much better the rugby could be if you abolish promotion and relegation exactly and just allow teams to build and they're not always thinking of the immediacy of promotion and relegation top four top six and just letting the boys play <laughs> it is an interesting one is an interesting one like you say Northampton they've been pretty impressive in general um, oh, Northampton the past few weeks great and Newcastle still scored four tries and big shout out to Northampton what a celebration have you seen their, seen their new celebration yeah the handshake eye, con- eye contact handshake yeah beautiful it is <laughs> it is a beautiful thing like, I knew. I thought JB would like that I loved I it that. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing <laughs> Uh, Phil, what caught your eye in terms of games this weekend? I don't really want to talk about the Pro 12, but I am going to. Because <sighs> Ulster lost. Um, again? Again. They only won one out of the three games over the Christmas period. And they lost to quite a good Leinster team. But all four of the top teams in the Pro 12 lost. Leinster have now leapfro- leapfrogged Ulster. Fact! Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> now... That does go to show the uh, competitiveness of the league. Does it? Although all four teams were playing away. All the teams, because they've got to qualify for Europe, are putting in big performances. That lad from Ulster's getting mentioned in all the... Because at this time of year, there's always a one-to-watch for the year year ahead. And Mauro Itoji's always been been mentioned for Saracens, the lock. But the, the, the big McCloskey... McCloskey, yeah, he's he's not played the last few games. He's getting getting mentioned a lot in those lists. yeah. He's good. Big old lad, 17 stone, best part of. Yeah. I did notice that the, some, some of the Connacht boys at the moment are re, um, already getting a lot of mentions. Yeah. Um, the guy who I'd never never heard of until the quiz, Kieran Mar- Marmion. Kieran Marmion, who's and scored And the outside centre, who he looks pretty decent. Robbie Henshaw, who's starting for Ireland. In, in the Leinster-Ulster game, the Leinster number six who got man of the match looked really good. Conan, uh, I think it's Jack Conan. Yeah, he's got a try at the end and he's really strong carrier. Went to eight after he slipped, went off. And Ian Madigan scored, I don't know if you've seen it, the, the little uh, dummy to kick for the corner, tap and go. Quite uh, quite cheeky, quite frustrating from an Ulster fan point of view, but quite a, a clever little try. Where are Ulster in the league this year, Phil? Uh, they're currently fifth. They just dropped down to fifth. They uh, were, were fourth. Oh, well. Uh, hopefully, when we get a few more players back fit we'll be able to make the playoffs. Very nice. Um, <laughs> did anyone see the heartbreak, which was Exeter Gloucester? Oh, I watched it all last uh, night, yeah. yeah. Or Saturday night, depending on when you're listening to this. Well, I watched first the London Irish game, London Irish Saracens, Saracens, which unfortunately was exactly as you would expect the London Irish Saracens yeah. game to go. But it was, and, and, it was the conditions was dictated horrible. that. It's so many knock-ons from both teams. It was horrible. I think London Irish, bearing in mind we just talked about what one of the things which is bringing about Newcastle's resurgence, and we've got to tentatively say that because they they're they still on 16 points in the league, same as Irish, but that kind of culture and players that have come up and through is exactly what London Irish had when they were successful yeah. and yeah. what they may be lacking a little bit now. Well, they've been unfortunate in some ways because everyone steals all their players. Well, Toby Booth has basically been their coach, gone to Bath and nicked most of their guys. <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> To be it. fair, he, he stole their culture, if yeah. you like. He stole their soul. And their yeah. best players. And, and their best players. players. Again, I mean, I was talking about the, the Newcastle winger, Harris. Uh, you've got uh, you've you've got your very own in, um, not Femby. Lewington. 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 Well, he came from Nottingham, Nottingham via Leicester. And he, he looks awesome. Every time he gets the ball, he looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm still enjoying Scott Steele, but I think he has dropped off a bit. And I think if they don't have their 
first 15 out, they, they do struggle. I mean, they have to have everyone... Guys like Blair, Cowan. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Who they didn't have out. They didn't have Jeb- but that Jebson is such Blair. a contrast to the Gloucester-Exeter game, which oh, was yeah. electric. Well, it yeah. was for 40 minutes in the second half. It wasn't in the first half. It was exactly well, like Irish Saracens um, in the first half. Yeah, the, um, the first half was still... It was exciting because Exeter were making breaks or playing really well, but just not getting over the line. They kept on messing up in that last final play, just where they want an offload or a final pass to deliver their try and they just kept on missing and then when they came out at half time they scored that try early on I was like yeah Exeter are going to win this back to back tries was it not yep. yeah yeah they just pretty much straight from the restart when Jess Jack Knoll a brilliant finish Jack and, then, and, then Matt, and then Matt Jess with the interception well shout out to all the wingers there because Jack Knoll Jess could have got man of the match I, I thought he possibly yeah. deserved it the Tongan winger for Gloucester hits like a hammer yeah putting in some monstrous hits yeah. And Sam Hill as well. His feet are he's electric. Got great feet, hasn't yeah. he? I, you don't expect that from him because he's a little tank kind of yeah. fella. He looks like a miniature, to, um, a miniature white to a langy. But <laughs> he, you know, he, he he can pass. And then the slate. I thought they were so unlucky to lose. Yeah, they really were. Yeah, but it could be a turning. Gloucester will be looking at that and saying that's a turning point for their season. They've got a home match this weekend. Tough game. And you also said, uh, I think, I think, I think, as you're saying. You notice that uh, Hook and Twelve Trees are very, very flat. Way too flat for, for me. They they kept on getting the ball, like hospital pass every time because Hook was standing so flat and Twelve Trees was standing so flat. So they just managed to get two passes away and it was bang, man and ball. And it just meant that their kind of three quarters play, a lot of it, it wasn't going to hand or they're getting taken with the ball or when they're trying the little runarounds, it just wasn't working. I don't know whether that's them two trying to play on the game line to create space out wide because if it was, it wasn't working or no, whether that's being fed down from the coaches mm. and they're insisted on them playing flat. But it, yeah, it, it didn't work for me. It looked to me like Hook was static every time he got yeah, the ball. They use the winger around the back or behind 12 to uh, Slade who can then play with the winger around the back of the full pullback. Uh, this is annoying me as well. Every team is playing this round the back pattern. Everyone's doing it. There isn't a team well, it's in rug- the... It's, this is the rugby league influence. It's yeah. what the rugby league have been doing for 15 years. Everyone's doing it. I mean, England have got one move and it's the out the back pass. Uh, less, was it, no, Bath today, three forwards up, out the back. Everyone seems to be doing the same move. The, 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 there's got to be more than rugby. More to rugby than just this rugby league out the back. As long as it doesn't become robotic and the, and the man in possession of the ball is a decision maker, sees the opposition, sees his options, hits the right one. Because those decoy runners shouldn't be there just to be decoys. Yeah. They, they can receive the They've ball. They've got to be an option. They've got to be a, a, a viable option. And in, in which case, it's the scrum half or the tens choice. Okay, am I hitting up or am I going wide? Mm. Yeah. When it feels robotic and repetitive, that's when there's an issue. Yeah, agree. Um, we we mentioned Irish Saracens. Just um, I, I felt it was one of those games where about five minutes before the end of the match, the the commentators are going. I can imagine them turning their microphones off and going, "I haven't got a bloody clue who's man of the match. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Know. We got to pick someone. I don't. Vunapola. Uh, Have you got the stats? <laughs> who's, who's, quick, made, who's made quick. a few carries? <laughs> <laughs> because there was no one that put their hand up there. Strettle could have. Strettle yeah. scored two tries. And albeit, finished really well. Albeit from cumulative eight yard out. I don't know who I'd give man of the match. That's a really good point. Because I'll be honest, the last ten minutes of that game I watched on speed twelve on my <laughs> on my record box. Just it was I, scored. I had it? a I had a close, very close member of my family. My brother was on the field for that match, and I did much the same uh, at times <laughs> in that game. So that probably tells you something. However, there were some more exciting games. Briefly, we'll get on to Bath Leicester in a minute, but Wasps put in a brilliant performance against Sale. 41-16. Yeah. Hammered them. Another brilliant performance. Another big score. Now, I've not seen this game, but I do know that two of my favourite players from my second favourite back row did score. Haskell all, and all, all three, three of them, three of them did. Them. Yes! <laughs> Actually, Johnson. <laughs> I was going to say, Jay, this would have been your perfect game. Ashley Johnson, Nathan, Nathan Hughes. Hughes and James Haskell all scored. Monsters. <laughs> Absolute monsters. Yeah. They're just great. It's just great to watch them and, play. And another guy you've been talking up for quite a while, Joe Simpson got a brace. He did? Yeah. Yeah, he's so quick, Joe Simpson. But they're also... Yeah. Well, they're also... And, what you need, if you've got a load of quick guys, in the same way that Bath should be using Henson and not instead of using some, some guy from Ripley League, um, <laughs> you need a great old head distributor and they've got Good who pulls the strings and gives it to all these fast people. Do you know what, they've got 15,000 people turn up to that match as well. Yeah. Where does that rank in average attendances? Higher than most. Yeah. That's incredible, isn't it? Higher than all but Leicester... 
probably higher probably than all but Leicester. All but Leicester yeah. Northampton have a few there. No, about 14, 14 I think, yeah. capacity of Franklin's Garden. Oh, is like, that right? like Bath as well, about 14,000, 13, 14, Not 000. even 11 or 12. Is it, is it that? I tell you what, if you'd been to the first game and then been wise enough to go to the second game, you're probably hooked now. Yeah. yeah but it is, being a bit cynical, it is a 13,000 drop-off from, from the first game. So if they keep losing 13,000 fans every game... <laughs> yeah. well, yes, there's a pattern here. <laughs> uh, but really good win, and again, this was a real test, I think, for both clubs about yep. where about where they're at at the halfway stage. Two guys that are going to be battling for that sixth position because they, they were both level on thirty points going into the yep. game. Sale are just chuckling and hide them. I mean, Sale have got to be at home uh, because when they're at home, they know it's. Not that no no visiting fans will travel. They literally just can't get into the stadium <laughs> because most normal people arrive 15 minutes before the game. If you try and get to AJ Bell 15 minutes before the game, you're not getting to the game. You're going to be <laughs> queuing on the M60. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's horrific. So they need to be at home and then they can pretty much beat anyone outside maybe the top three on, on their day. But away from home, they just look weak. Tigers, uh, they'll be absolutely delighted with that win against Bath. They strangled them. They choked Bath. They, Bath couldn't do anything creatively. George Ford looked a shadow of the player that he has been just because he was put under so much pressure. They got parity at least up front, did Tigers. And... Well, besides okay. a couple of scrums yeah. when it looked like Bath did have the measure of them, and the decisions were a bit strange. But right, okay. certainly line-outs, Tigers were... This game was infuriating. Good. Okay, first of all, um, because players aren't allowed to hit each other now, which is a travesty in its own right, because we all, we all enjoy watching it, I don't care what anyone says, you've got a silly situation where they're trying to encourage their opposite man to hit them. So we had about three or four explosions of just hitty fits, pushing. 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 Yeah, yeah. Argue, argue. You get off. And do you know what? If they did hit each other, it would soon stop because... People like Mickey Youngs aren't going to want to grab Marcus Ayrtsa and you know give him a little shake because Marcus Ayrtsa is going to deck you. Like ice hockey, it's part of the game. It's a spectacle. It's brilliant. Exactly. It's, people will be disappointed if they didn't see a good uh, dust up once in a while. As, as long as it's man on man and it's kind of I don't know. It's, you can't have such a physical you can't use game. weapons. You can't use weapons. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was like for any of you guys playing, but but when you get really competitive men, and the most competitive person I've ever played with was Joel Abt, who. Um, who was Bristol too captain, long. played at Bath, Toulon and... Um, Still in France. So Oyana. Yeah. Playing tag rugby with him in a warm-up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he can't play tag rugby. It would always end in a punch-up because if you take someone that competitive and you take away the ability to be physical, it just, it just gets frustrated. But mothers won't watch it, Tim. Mothers won't watch it. <laughs> now, so, so, so I'm with you. I wouldn't give red cards for a little dust-up. Burgess almost got, almost got a try. Almost got a try. Ruled forward. Now, I'm certain that that one was not forward. It was and very close. Great little lift out of the back from Oli Devoto, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it? And, and, and more's the point, why is he even on the field yet, Burgess? It's just not right. <laughs> he was on the field. He, he did fine, but Bath just, everything kind of went wrong for them, they, didn't Well, they it? lost Eastman early on. Ford's kicks weren't going where he wanted them to. The ball wasn't going to hand. People were mistiming the runs. The Leicester defence was superb. They were all superb. through. Yeah, all throughout. I tell really, you who really played good. really well. I'm not just saying this to back up my own. Miles theory. Benjamin. Miles Benjamin <laughs> in defence. I like the tweet someone tweeted us and said when Miles Benjamin joined that that mall. That's the best thing he did since JB said he's going to play for England. Well, he joined the mall and he was instrumental to scoring that try. Williams' defence was really good as well. He what? He put a couple of big hits on Burgess. He did. I, what what I love is, um, unlike any player, and I was doing it, I do it myself in my head when I look and go, oh, that was Burgess. Whenever Burgess <laughs> does anything in on, on a rugby field, it gets mentioned that that was Burgess that did it. Yes. Where it otherwise, does. it's just like uh, Miles Benjamin tackled. It would be Miles Benjamin tackled by Sam Burgess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam Burgess attempting but failing to rip that ball. It's, um, <laughs> the ball every... comes out of the rook. Yeah. No, it's the ball placed back by Sam Burgess. Yeah, exactly. But to be fair, it's a measure of the man that he can play in that quality and standard of game and not stand out to be terrible so I mean in, in 13 which is a very difficult yeah. position to that's, play that, do you know what that's not that, that sounds like a real horribly backhanded compliment but I know what you mean and, and... yeah I mean, he's obviously a real quality rugby player I just don't like the fact that on on Mondays he plays on, the, on in the back row for the A team and on Saturdays he plays 12 or now sometimes 13 what, what a way to accelerate your learning. But I mean, yeah. you I mean, think of the most experienced six you can think of. Even the, even the guy with the best hands or the most athletic, say Tom Croft. You would never have him at 13. You just wouldn't do it. Richie wow. Vernon. 
Richie Vernon. Richie Vernon, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's ask... Uh, yeah. uh, or Radiki Samo. Now, that's a different one, yeah. Oh, Rid- interesting. Rid- and PSB's played on the wing a bit for the Bulls when he was first starting. Yeah, he did, actually. If Sam Bird just turns out to be Radiki Samo, I think everyone will be happy with that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, listen, we'll get on to looking ahead to Pro 12 and Premiership matches in a little bit. We've got a little discussion to have about players' transfer wish list, or clubs, sorry, transfer wish list for the year ahead. But I have prepared. I'm going to turn to Quizmaster for the new year. Wow. For, for this week. I have got a quiz. Now, I mentioned it earlier. So, yeah, you're going to need a pen and paper. And play along. Grab a pen and paper. But don't call. It's just for fun. <laughs> um, so everyone, as I mentioned earlier, is talking about who are the young players to watch or who are the players to watch in 2015. Well, I've turned that on his head and I've, I'm going for the oldest players. So I've got a list of the 50 oldest people to appear in the Premiership in England. Jeez. Six of them are currently playing and have made an appearance this season. Ooh. Can you name the six players? Please. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set a time limit for this. Oh, One God. minute. Oh, to, God. You can write <laughs> as many names down as you want. And it's can you get the six on the list? Time starts now. Don't do that. I'm going to have to take off my... <laughs> as you're listening to this, it's there are six players in the Premiership who've appeared this season who make the list of oldest people to appear in the Aviva Premiership. Oh, man. On the list of 50 of the oldest of all time. Oh, I'm scribbling away furiously. Oh, my God. This is really tough. The time limit, Tim. Just write write down those names you think of. I don't know. I'd expect you to get definitely two, probably three. Quite probably I'd expect you to get three or four. I'd say number five and six are, they're very difficult. I'd be massively impressed if if anyone gets this. And if you do, if you're listening and you do manage to get uh, all of them, then you'll have to tweet us and let us know because we'll have to have you. Although there's no way for us to check. No, that's not. It's just be your word. We trust you. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Is last name only good enough? Yeah. If, uh, if I know his position. Yeah, if I know yeah, who yeah. he is. If you, if, you can, if you can justify that you know who that person is, then yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, guys, your time is running out. You can hear the oh, timer. Oh, 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 oh. oh my God. Have, have that, Philip. Uh. <laughs> Time. I'm calling time. Right. <clears throat> Difficult, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. How many have you written down, Jay? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, I've written down <laughs> nine, twelve. Oh, I think you should swap, like exam when you do the exams at school, you should swap papers. I have the answers. Okay. It might be better if I read out the answers. Oh, rather than how did no! I not get him? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking <laughs> yourself. Who feels more? Co- I think JB feels more confident at this stage, right? Am yeah. I right? Have you, oh, Tom May, <laughs> Johnny May. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, good. that's a good one. Tom May. Yeah. Does mm. not make the list. Cross nope. him off. Cross him off. Come on, tell me the most obvious one that you've got. Brad Thorne. Yes. Brad Thorne. He is the second oldest player to have appeared in the Aviva Premiership. Stuart Turner is the oldest. Oh, Formerly of Sale Sharks, and then but then he played Coldy. for Saracens at. Oh. Did he not? Is he not played for Coldy now? Yeah, oh, well, he's coaching that. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me another name you're feeling confident about. McLeod from Newcastle. No, no. I thought he was like forty or something. No, <laughs> he, looks, he looks old. He looks he's... like a forty-year-old drag queen. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, come on, what about Nathan Hines? Damn you. I, Nathan I did have Nathan Hines. Well done, Phil. JB, you didn't have him? No. No. Now, how about Peter Stringer, which I didn't have, which is the one that I'm kicking myself for? Peter Stringer. Yes! Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's just turned 37. Oof. Oh, has he? Just in the last few days, I think. They're Nathan really... Hines, by the way, is 38, and Brad Thorne, very nearly 40. will be 40 in another month or so. God. Um, I can't believe I didn't get Stringer. So annoyed. Hmm. Nick Easter. Did you put Nick Easter as well? Uh, JB put Minty, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I will take to be Nick Easter. I, <laughs> I did put Nick Easter. Correct. Yes. So JB is currently on four. No. no. Three each. Three. Three, three each, yeah. Three each. Ah, 
Okay, any more? Seremiah by? Who was 36 today? It does not make does not quite make the top fifty list. Oh, so Andy Good and Charlie Hodgson definitely won't then. Oh dear. No. Jay, you've only got one left. I've got about three. Just read them out. Uh who's that, Jay? Chris Budgin. Chris Budgin. He's not playing. I think this, he's retired. Though. He's not played this <laughs> not season. Not currently playing. He played for the Barbarians uh against the combined forces. Yeah, yeah. he did. Come on, Phil, let's hear the ones that you So Phil has got Nick Evans. No, he's like thirty three. Tom Palmer. Thirty five. Elvis Via. Via the Gloucester Hooker. Is it Via? Gloucester Hooker? Yeah. Is it, I can't remember his last name. I've got him down as Via. Hmm. I'm going to have to... This is suspect. Thank uh, the, you. The, the name is not right. The, gl- the Gloucester Hooker is on the list and is Alex Latui. Oh, Latui. I got, oh, got him confused. Elvis with another... Via, Alex Latui. I mean, how can you not give that? With another... <laughs> another. Yeah, definitely not. don't give that. Um, Cor- Gordon Ross. Who, who wrote that? Me. Phil. Now, what's the scores currently? It, three it all. was three all, or it is currently three all. Gordon Ross. Oh, yes! <laughs> and is that is that all? I've also got Dean Dean Schofield. That's a good one, is he? Uh. Dean Schofield. No, the six the, the six currently playing players who have made appearances in the Aviva Premiership and are on the list of top fifty oldest are Brad Thorne, mm-hmm. Nathan Hines, Peter Stringer, Gordon Ross, Alex Latui, and Nick Easter. Oh, Phil, damn it. Oh, winner yes. four to three. Courtesy of oh how was that Gordon Ross a, a late minute last minute answer? It was. It, oh wow! <laughs> it, I I thought of London Welsh right at the last second and I scribbled down Ross, Tom May, and Dean Schofield because he's primarily a coach now. Is Gordon Ross and stepped back from the playing side because yeah. you know they oh. they signed the, the massively committed, impressive uh, Ollie Barkley. Well, they're all doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> but he did play against Northampton in November, I think. Very good. Shall we, shall we briefly touch upon London Welsh's performance this week? Uh, as long as it's brief. Did, did we not mention it? No, we didn't. We didn't. Oh, no, because it was it was kind of only just finished as we are recording this podcast. Really spirited effort. I haven't seen anything of the game. I, I'm gathering the conditions weren't very good. No, they nearly had the chance to double their league points, didn't they? Uh, well, yes, they with, did. With a bonus point. With mm-hmm. a losing bonus point. Yeah. I, I can confirm that after 12 games, they have now passed the 100 points four mark. Amazing. Uh, which is eight and a half points per game on average, which is a big well achievement. Done. Well done. Uh, they are unfortunately more than five hundred points against, which is averaging just shy of fifty points a game. Mm. Now, Tim used to play for this team, uh, Manchester Rugby Club. They uh, had a situation where they got to the championship, they lost all their players. I, I remember. I, I, I was at the club when all the players went. But then, yeah, it was embarrassing how how much well, they got battered. That by. that season was bad, but the next season it was they were averaging a hundred points a game against. I, I'm not sure when they. I think they lost every game for like four years. The point is, London Welsh are having that kind of a season, that kind of <laughs> that kind of free fall. And I'm I'm a bad man. I used to phone up uh, Manchester because I don't like players getting paid um, at amateur level. And every every weekend I'd phone them up and just ask them, you know, what what was the score. <laughs> that was my thing every, but every Saturday Newbury another one of your clubs Tim I know there's, there's what a, is it about clubs that I've played here. for yeah they, they fell you out you cost too much money Tim Vod, um, Vodafone who started in Newbury used to sponsor the club and stuff and I think they sort of bankrolled them a little bit and then the money got pulled at Newbury Rugby Club and they we, I was I was in the Colts and then coming through into the first team as they were going up through all the leagues and it just it's fallen like a stone much the same yeah it can happen uh, but well done, London Welsh, on your efforts um, to really? not lose by that much I in know. the last couple of games. When they put the effort to show up for a captain's run on a Friday, I'll, I'll congratulate them on, on their efforts. <laughs> uh, but Phil came up with a, a brilliant idea. Um, because January has started, that means that clubs can speak freely with players over this possible transfer. Mm. So there'll be a lot of contracts being signed for renewals with the same club and to move to different clubs. Um and there's also going to be a change in the structuring of how that's funded next season with a second marquee player being allowed outside of the salary cap, which itself is being increased by about a million pounds. Is it a full million? Yeah. And the second marquee has to come from outside the league. Can't be into club. Right, OK. Can it be within your own club? No. no. Okay. It's, it's to bring. It's to make the league a better league. It's to bring talent into the league. Hmm. I see. And with the World Cup happening and the turnover players, we already know about Dan Carter and things like that. 
Um, so Phil came up with a great idea of how about we rattle through various clubs and suggest potential signings for them as yeah. their second marquee signing yeah. for and next season. I was thinking starting from the bottom because they yeah. obviously need them more than the teams at the top. <sighs> Who would improve London Welsh the most? Christ, where did it start? I, all I thought was, who is the best player in the world? Yeah. Because because they're going to need them, either Kieran Reid yeah. or Israel Falau. <laughs> <They're, they're... laughs> well, be... Here's my theory: right? if you're really terrible like they are, you've got a goal kicker. Why don't you use the old Newcastle formula of getting a monster scrimmager, a monster ho- tight head, just hoping yeah. you win some massive wins tight penalties. penalties? Yeah, Get I think a... that's a good shout for London Welsh. <laughs> Try so, and win some penalties. So, Carl Heyman, Carl Heyman, that's yeah. not a terrible idea. Uh, one of the Franks brothers, Duplessis, Duplessis. There you go, Duplessis. Ramiro Herrera, the Ooh. Argentinian tight oh, yeah. head, who's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. Uh, for London Irish, then. Hmm. What, what do you have, Tim? You watch London Irish more than either of us. I do. It's either a 10 or a total 12. You can See, do it all. That was what I had. I had a 12. Because you, you either end up with Sheridan and Mulcrone, who are both quite direct centres, mm. or you have Geraghty inside centre, who's he's a, a decent 10. A little bit flaky inside centre. Here's my view on Irish. I'd say an all-round 12. My view on Irish is a very well-balanced team. So they don't have any superstars as such, but they don't have any obvious weak links. They're very they're very kind of level across the board. So it's quite hard to say where would they improve most. Gitto. Yeah. He's pretty good, isn't he? he, can, he he's pretty handy. He can play a bit. I, th- I thought maybe um, following James O'Connor's move, you could have someone like Curtly Beale come across, see how mm, that goes. Nice. James O'Connor didn't cause too many problems, did he? No, he's very good, actually. Yeah. Moving up then, Newcastle. Ball carrying second row. Yeah, a new second row, a nice new shiny second row yeah, would be good there. They've got a couple of young guys and a couple of like experienced guys, but I think they could do with a big... Yeah, just, just slot in Ibanezabeth, just, yes. just, just get him in there. Yeah, Ibanezabeth, Brody Retallick, Will Skelton, just shows one of those boys. how far Newcastle have fallen. Or not so much Newcastle, but the Premiership as a whole. Newcastle, a long time ago, signed the South Africa captain... Um, I'll say Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. And now they, what would what they would do for a player? Or Gareth, Gareth Archer. Gareth they Archer, yeah. Back, I, massive I, man. I think they might have paired up Gareth Archer and Mark Andrews at, at one point. Mark Andrews was a beast. Gloucester. Gloucester. I, I, I had Fly Luke. half. Trekken. Yeah, 100%. Because they've got Hook who can That's do it, exactly but he's not doing very right. well. 12 Trees can do it. Laidlaw can do it. Laidlaw might be a good option to do it and allow um, Robson to play. Well, Robson's leaving. Is he? Yeah, so may, maybe a scrum off. Well, they've got laid. Well, well scrum off a halfback because I think they're missing something there. Um, no, no, got it. A seven, an actual good <laughs> seven. <laughs> I because it got man of the match. I tend to, I tend to agree that I think a ten is massively important for Gloucester. I don't want. I wouldn't want a Quaid Cooper. No, Gloucester. I, you want a metronomic, reliable, like 10. a. Um, M- Mon- Mercier, these stuff all, all all those years ago. Monet Stain, yeah, like Monet Stains. yeah, that's the sort of mould of a player just... I'd want. Okay, um, Quin- moving up then. Quins, Quins. Oh. I th- I think this is a good example of a team using the second marquee as it was designed. So bringing a, a, across a foreign player and addressing an area of need for the club. And we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Quins massively miss a beast in the second row, an enforcer, and they've got James Hall. What? They've got the, the enforcer Matthews, if you <laughs> redefine what enforcer means like he did. Matthews and Toomey are their two second rows. They've never replaced Ollie Cohn. They're just a and 20 stone of lump of man there was. And George Robson's George not Robson. quite the player that he was. Toomey, Toomey did look good in, the, look in good. the highlights against London Welsh, which yeah. it hmm. doesn't say very much. Well, do you know what? I think they've got much bigger problems than that. I think they haven't got a solution at hooker. I mean, they've got... Two hookers, if they could merge into one, they would have a good hooker. They've got three hookers yes. if they could merge into just one. somehow merge them all. So they need a hooker. So, yeah. They need something or someone op- um, opposite um, Marla. They definitely need a second row. Their number eight, uh, Minty, won't last forever. Yeah. And also, Hopper's a good player, but uh, yeah, Hopper and Rob Shaw, so that's fine. So eight, second row, and, and prop. And arguably a centre. Okay, I, so they've addressed the second row issue. What would you say is more important? Um, an eight? Tight head or centre, Phil? Uh, centre, probably. I'd, I'd like to see them getting a good creative 12 again. Low and Hopper, there is an area we need there. Oh, Low's them. a good player, though. I, and we've not seen Injury him prone, been in, though. Yeah. yeah, he's played the last few games. Cass, a, Cass a, and keeps getting injured. He's yeah. got a try last week. So, they, yeah, they have, 
maybe consistency. If, if they could just bring some consistency to their yeah. backs, it'd be all right. So, 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 maybe, so maybe London Irish would have some uh, competition for Sonny Bill's signature. Yes, yeah. Or Matt Gitto. Or, or Gitto, yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe a big forward. They've got a lot of holes, Quins, I, I feel. Sale. Sale, I think it's simple. They need a ball carrier number eight. Yes. Yeah. Like a Chabal back in the day. Yes. Like, that would be perfect. Like exactly them. who they had. Well, uh, I, I know it's not a, I know it's not a, um, a player that's a second marquee signing, but I look at London Welsh's number eight, Fenua, and he will be, at, surely he will be at another premiership club next year. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Sale try and get him. I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester try and get him. Yeah, Leicester um, do need a number eight. Desperately. Oh, well, an, a ball carrying number eight. They've got two number eights in Barbieri and, and Crane. Not impressive. Yeah. Does agreed. not move the needle at all. So, sale number eight. Uh, sale number eight. Uh, Dwayne Vermillion. Sounds nice. That'd be or pretty tidy. Fr- Sounds like a- Fritz Lee. Clermont's ma- number eight. Or maybe, uh, you know, if uh, Gorgodza is, is surplus Ooh. to requirements now. Someone like that. Yeah. Have Sale got oh. anyone that he could possibly uh, trade? Mark Easter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've got... I think they've got lots of players they'd like to trade. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Michael Patterson or Cipriani. Yeah. They could trade Cipriani. Let Cipriani go to Toulon. It's already been muted. Oh yeah. And they get a ball player number eight. And they get and they get a Gorgodza. ball player number eight. Gorgodza. Perfect. Or, or Rocky Elson, where the hell's he? They do also <laughs> say it's not as big as area of need for sale as uh, as number eight, but they do also need a prop. Yeah, a tight head. Uh, we should mention Josh Beaumont has looked quite promising. As a player coming through, I've not seen him play yet. I've not yeah. seen him live. They've got high hopes for him, but yeah, I, I still don't. He's not a ball carrying number eight. No. He's no. got good hands. Uh, he's skillful, industrious, and all that. But I don't think he would smash people out the way like Fritz Lee or Dwayne no, Mellon. Definitely might. not. Uh, so who's not, who's up next? Then wasps. Uh, Exeter. Exeter. Oh, mm. they've got wasps above Exeter now. Wasps are in fourth. Wow, as it stands. Oh no. Uh, mm, Exeter. Oh, well, there's rumours about Jeff Parling. Let's just talk about that as a transfer uh, before we get, get as well as this marquee. If no. that comes off, that's, the, that's a coup for Exeter. It is, it, and it, yes. Is it? When I heard the signing of Waldron, I wasn't impressed. How, how wrong I was. Yeah, Baxter knows things, doesn't he? He does know things. I, if Baxter says he needs Parling, he, he has Parling. I have no problem with it. Yep. But in theory, it isn't a signing I like. Yeah, and I always like the, the typical second row pairing of your athletic uh, Matfield type and your enforcer Bucky's both the type mm-hmm. and Dean Mum is the athletic one so Parlin I can't see him as being an enforcer maybe they want Ed Slater instead maybe yeah mm-hmm. maybe they just want Brad Thorne and they had to Big slide slide the way down the ranks <laughs> uh, but who do, who would Exeter who could what area could Exeter do with improving I mean I'm all I pretty much always say, say the scrummage I think they yeah. could do with another prop yeah that would be the big one for me. Duplessis or someone like that, a tight head prop for Exeter, would, yeah. ma- would make them an infinitely better outfit. Now Leicester. Leicester in fifth. Eight. eight. Number eight. Leicester, get a number eight. We don't. It's not that we dislike Jordan Crane as Is a bloke. Is it not? Oh, as we a bloke. Just... Right. I don't know him as a bloke, so I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> I'm sure he's a I've, lovely I've, guy. I've heard terrible things. I've heard awful things. <laughs> have you really? No. No, no. I don't know. No, I, actually, I actually have. Oh, okay. Well, there you are then. He's a terrible person. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, who would you have? Kieran Reid. Kieran Reid. They've got, oh, God, they've got yeah. a fine tradition with Waldrum of bringing over uh, New Zealand number eights. Yeah, and Kieran Reid they've, for... they've also got a tradition of bringing over French back rowers. What about um, your man? Pick them oh, all. Pick them all. Pick Leicester. Can you yes. imagine that? Yes, I can. Yes. Um, <laughs> Eating all the Milton Mowbray pork pies, red Leicester well, I mean, cheese. You, know, you, you could go for. Uh, if you were going to sh- go shopping in Toulouse, you could go for Pickamons, you could go for... Edwin G- Macca. Gillian Galan might not be a bad shout. Gillian Galan might be, yeah. They've got three monstrous numbers. And, and, and Harry Nordicke. My my prediction is they will go for... Leicester will sign a monstrous number eight, and it will be London Welsh's Fenua, the 21 stone number no. eight. I Ooh, reckon they'll sign him. That we- would be... A handy sign. That's just that. Just I reckon that would be just the fit. Just feels right. Leicester need need number eight. Yeah. So um, I mean, we can't tell you where this information comes from, but hear us now, believe us later. That might that <laughs> might happen. You heard it here first. Wasps. Wasps next up in fourth place. It's hard to actually. I just think prop. Yeah. No, no, I think their props are solid, you know. They've got a very yeah, good scrum Matt Ma- Mullen's got, look, look, looks good. They, they did well signing uh, Cittadini, is it? 
Yeah, the, yeah the I Italian, think that he's really showed them up. Maybe a hooker, because sometimes their line-outs aren't as sharp as they should be. And other than that, I, I'd quite like to see someone... A scrummaging hooker, then? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, a guy can, that, that, that can throw in. I, I think it's the line-outs which are more uh, worrying than... Get, get Stephen Moore over. He'll, he'll be done playing. Someone like that would actually fit him really well at Wasps. Yeah. Because he's, yeah. he's, he's a, an, after the World Cup, yeah. sign him. Assuming his uh, knees right, because he had, he had oh, a yeah. cruciate injury. Yes, he did, because he's not been playing for the last six months or so, has he? Probably a compliment to Wasp that it's hard to say the one area of need. It's kind of just a couple of upgrades here and there, and actually there'll be a real force. Mm-hmm. It has been mentioned that um, Jimmy Gopeth might be signing for them, though. I think that's... It's not done. Is it done? I think that's a done deal. It is, it's done that he's leaving. I don't know if it's done where he's going. Hmm. That would be a great shout. Although he would just be on the bench for another two or three seasons because yeah. Andy Goode Five seasons, be. I imagine. Obviously, because Andy Goode's there. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, okay. next, next, next. Saracens. A world-class accountant. Centre. <laughs> I think just someone who could manipulate money, maybe expand the cap a bit. <laughs> I think centre. Outside centre. Yes. Because they've got They've got a few options inside. They've got Brad Barrett. They've got Duncan Taylor. You know who can play there. They've got this young Tompkins. Looks awesome, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Do you know what they? What they need is the player who's best fitting into their system. Now, I think <laughs> when you start mentioning big, big names, you kind of miss kind of what Saracens about because they don't have that many big names. They tend to get big when they're there. Yeah. So whoever that guy is, that utility Chris Wiles type, you can bring over and plug him into the into the Saracens hive mind. That is the guy that you want, and I couldn't tell you who that is. Be nice to have a nice big name outside centre, though. Like, what, imagine the difference that Wesley Fofana would make to the way that Saracens play. That I, I guess yeah. it is. It would be. It would almost. Be, it would be a waste for someone like Wesley Fofana to come and play yeah, as Saracens be because <laughs> Saracens don't play that way. Exactly. So no one's going to really impact them that much. They'll they'll play with play by whatever the data dictates. Is it's interesting, isn't it? it? You look at um in, in just looking across the football. You look at football and you see Manchester United sign these ridiculous players and they completely change their system mm. to accommodate these new signings Saracens are the complete opposite of that they have Mark McCall has a way of playing and whoever you are you just fit into that role yeah mm. in fact in some ways it's the beauty of the salary cap because they all they do is they go around they hunt for value and you see this hunting for value now yep. with Northampton who are well, great well, look at it. Leicester ba- Barrington got himself close to the England squad um, the, the prop at Saracens who they signed from Jersey Tim Strether looks promising outside centre sign from Nottingham they're not just about going out and buying yeah. the big names well no you say the big names but whoever heard of Brits before he arrived or Hargreaves I mean these weren't world class players they were kind of fringe players on in South African provincial teams yeah. so they are very very good at finding value Jack Berger Jack Berger perfect so whoever okay. that person is that, that, that fits in we don't know and Northampton uh, Bath Bath oh Bath sorry have they, have they dropped down Bath uh, second place for no, me no. Scrum off. Scrum off. They've signed Matawalu from yeah. Glasgow, but I think they need a really good, someone who can distribute to give Ford the ball, but can also present a, a threat themselves. And I've got down Aaron Smith. I was going to say, when we Ooh, did nice. when we did this with like London Irish and London Welsh and blah, 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 it, we kind of were more, you know, hypothetically, but this is a bit more realistic. Who could Bath, yeah. Bath sign after the World Cup? Yeah. Or well, they can sign anyone. Season? I mean, that's the thing. And they've officially signed... Priestland, I think. Uh, it's as near as done. It's, yeah. So that's that done. <sighs> there, there was rumour that they had signed uh, Genya, and then apparently another rumour is that Stade Francais have bought out the contract and are paying like a lump sum to get Will Genya before he goes to Bath. Really? Yeah, that, that's the rumour. Don't quote well, don't me on I wonder that. if Bath are doing what Leicester should have done, which is decide on the player you want, realise they're not quite good enough and then be able to backtrack. So I'm referring obviously to Freddie Burns here, <laughs> where they, they thought they wanted Freddie Burns, they realised he, he was useless and now I would love to know how much Freddie Burns is getting paid compared to how much Williams is is getting paid. You said that when we were watching the game. Yeah. That's a, I, Freddie Burns will be on at least twice what Owen Williams is, and Owen Williams is starting. Yeah. That's a very interesting well, question. Actually, can we just expand on that for one second? Back to salary caps and stuff. I was saying to Phil, I would like to see a, a new system of payments where you get paid by position. So if you've got, say, three fly halves, you've you dedicate 10% of your salary cap to them. And whoever starts get, gets 50%, the next guy gets 30%, and the last guy gets 20%, and just watch them compete. 
Well, yeah, watch them nobble each other in training. Freddie Burns diving at yeah. Owen Williams' knee. Where's Owen Williams? Oh, someone cut his brake cables last well, night. Who was the Canadian, was it the American uh, ice skater? Is it oh, no. Tonya Harding and, and Nancy Kerrigan? Nancy Kerrigan, yeah. yeah. It'd be that kind of scenario, wouldn't it? It'd be fun to watch, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> It'd be lethal. Right, final one. Northampton. Utility forward. It has to be to replace Manoa. Yes. Does it? Or does it have to be to replace um, the prop who's going to Toulon? I was going to say... Marfu. Marfu, that's it. Marfu hasn't officially been announced yet, I don't think. Oh, it's, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's it done. It probably is done. But seeing as only Manoa's announced, I, I was thinking of someone who can play second row and back row. And there's not that many people who can play international level. No. Well, Godz is the obvious one, isn't he? Yeah. Godz can do. Um, I've got down Jackpot. Jackpot guy. It's a great name. Nice stuff from... Uh, Jackpot. They just, from the, the headlines write themselves if you came here. <laughs> um, from Waratahs, who, who can play both. I mean, they've already got the miniature Manoa in... Sam Dickinson. Sam Dickinson. And they need another one, really. I'm yeah. sure... Do you know what? I'm sure also, uh, Northampton, mm. being the club that they are, have got a list of uh, prospects in the championship who are just ready to step and up. And they'll, they'll have a big pot of cash being freed up. Mm. Uh, and a million more pounds in the salary cap and an extra marquee signing to go and get whoever they want. Exciting. Yeah. It is exciting. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, let's um, give us your thoughts. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. We need to look ahead to the rugby that's coming up this weekend. We've got one more week of domestic rugby before we get back into Europe again. So uh, the fixtures, let's quickly rattle through how we see these ones panning out. In the Aviva Premiership, there is a game on Friday night, and that's Gloucester against Saracens. Saracens won, but not convincingly against London Irish in poor conditions. Gloucester looked a lot better than they had done. I still can't see the hive mind of Saris. Nah, Saracens. Dropping points. Saracens will win this. Even away, Saracens. Sale against Northampton. Sale back at home at the AJ Bell Stadium. Hmm. Um, Competitive, but not competitive enough, Northampton. Northampton Northampton away win again. Uh, Bath against Wasps is such a tasty looking game. Back row heaven. Yes. Um, Two best back rows in the league. Well, yes. Okay. Bath at home. I'm Bath, going for. It's got to be Bath at home. It, it'll be a great game. I am going to go with Wasps. Interesting. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed that's not the live game and that Quinns Leicester is, but Quinns Leicester uh, should be an interesting game. Yeah. I think Leicester will win at Quinns. I think there's a. I think we might have a bit of a hiding on our hands there. Do you reckon? I think watching. Well, I'm not today. sure at home. Quinns. No. Uh, I don't know. Hear me now. Uh, believe me later. Le- Leicester were efficient, but didn't. They didn't do anything creative. They kicked the corners and, and controlled the game like that. But no, definitely not a high. If you stop, they could, they managed to stop Bath's runners. And I'd say Bath's runners are a lot more devastating than Harlequins. Uh, and when you stop Quins on the gain line and you stop them offloading, it's over. I just yeah, quickly. that's true. Newcastle Welsh re- relegation will be all but sealed I uh, think Newcastle at, at Kingston Park. 40 points, Newcastle by 40. Well, London Welsh have managed to bring the points four against down a little bit in the previous few games the conditions haven't been great hmm. um, and Irish against Exeter Exeter need a win and I think they'll get they them. have to win they've lost yeah. what three on the bounce now yeah. three on the bounce over Christmas yeah um, London Irish have probably lost the same haven't they yeah um, so yeah both really needed a win I'd say Exeter just give it, London Irish still got a few injury problems haven't they yeah I think Exeter would be favourites for that um, and in the Pro 12 we have got rugby matches featuring Connor against Edinburgh. As was mentioned earlier, Connor and the Pat Lamb look, pr- progressing really well. We've got some good players coming through. Uh, I am going to predict them to beat Edinburgh at home. Yeah, even though Edinburgh are putting a good performance against Glasgow, I'd say Connacht at home. Glasgow to win at home against Scarlets. Yes, to right the wrongs from last week. Uh, Cardiff Blues at home against Leinster. I'm going to say that will be the uh, an away win. Yes, Leinster, definitely. As will Munster against Zebra. Yeah, Munster will be able to rest a few people ahead of the uh, Heineken Cup. Or they the, the they e- will love that match, yeah. the way it's been scheduled. It's a nice one for that, than that, isn't it? Well, it is for Ulster as well, to be fair, Phil. Away at Treviso. Yeah, but Ulster are pretty much already out of the, <laughs> the European Cup, so ah, that's true. it doesn't really matter. We can rest people for the next three weeks if we had any uh, uninjured so, players to rest them for. Weird, isn't it? So this season's almost like the polar opposite to all of Ulster's other seasons, where they rest yeah. players in the league to play in the European Cup. It is. Yeah. What, a, what a sweet irony. And Ulster <laughs> did go to Zebra, rested a few people earlier in the season, and lost. And lost. So, so they, they want to reclaim fourth spot. 
Ospreys and Newport Gwent Dragons, Ospreys. South Wales Derby. Yeah, again, Ospreys to right the wrongs from, from yes. last week with a with a home performance. There we go. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Get in touch with anything else. Um, and we will see you on the next podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes. Leave your reviews there and Facebook and Twitter. And we'll look forward to hearing from you. And um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. In a bit. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 